With bills to pay and debt piling up, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. Personal loans through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track financially if eligible. Our secure application process allows you to customize the terms that work for you and your budget. So check your eligibility today without affecting your credit score and help get your finances back on track. NetCredit, a more personal, personal loan. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com partners for more information. Welcome back to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm your host, Valeria, and today's guests are Yumna Jawad and Anu Nathani. Yumna Jawad is the founder of Oath Oats and is best known for her successful food blog, Feel Good Foodie, where she shares healthy recipes and cooking tips with over 3 million loyal followers. Anu Nathani is the CEO of Oath Oats and originally founded his own health food company before he and Yumna crossed paths. In this episode, Yumna and Anu chat about their journey to make healthy eating simple with convenient products that have whole ingredients and are free of refined sugars. We also hear about Yumna's transition from content creator to managing a traditional business, as well as how Oath launched in November of 2022 with products in a brand that looked and felt tenured. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear Yumna and Anu's best advice for aspiring entrepreneurs. Let's get into the show. I'd love to start by having you both introduce yourselves and give listeners some insight into where you're from and also your career backgrounds. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be on the show. Thanks so much for having us. So I basically started out in marketing about 10 years ago. Well, I started out doing marketing for 10 years. And then about 10 years after that, I was on maternity leave and decided I needed a creative outlet. So I started a Feel Good Foodie Instagram page where I just started sharing, um, you know, how I was learning to cook and just different simple recipes. And I slowly built a large community and a huge passion for social media. And within a few years, I decided to make it my full-time job, build a team and create a website. Since then, I have a team of people who are doing, um, you know, operations and copywriting, photography and everything like that. And so it's been really cool um, to see the brand grow as, you know, starting out as just a little passion project and then growing to where it is today, almost 10 years later with, you know, millions of page views every month and just a beautiful, you know, supportive community of millions of followers on social media. That's amazing. I've definitely tried a few of your recipes before and I'm one of those loyal followers. Love that. Thank you. Anu, how about you? Yeah, thanks for having us on. My name is Anu Nathani. Uh, I'm Canadian, actually, even though I'm in Los Angeles right now and I'm making the move to Austin, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into at some point today. I started my career actually in management consulting and finance specifically. So that's kind of what I went to college for, and it seemed like the right path jumping out of college to, to do what I studied. But I always had a passion for entrepreneurship. I just figured that I'd spend a little bit of time learning the tricks of the trade in a corporation before I went out and I did my own thing. I knew that there were two things or a few things in my life that I really liked. Food was one of them. And I liked, you know, fitness and health and wellness. I grew up playing, you know, varsity college sports and everything like that. So that was a big part of my life for for a really long time. 
And then, you know, I jumped into the food industry without knowing much right after my, my first finance job a few years into my career. Um, and that's kind of when, when everything changed. And, you know, I met Yumna a couple of years after that, and we decided we'd, uh, we'd embark on this, this oatmeal journey together. Yeah. So I know that you actually founded a company called Oath that led you to meet Yumna. Can you tell me what took you from the finance world to your first entrepreneurial venture? Yeah, absolutely. I loved oats and I would I would travel a lot when I was in consulting. So I'd be on the road almost once a week, if not, um, you know, once every other week. And I remember I'd go through airport security and every time they opened my check-in bag, they'd find oats either spilled in my check-in bag or like in a shaker cup or something like that. Um, it was just such a quick and easy way to have a healthy meal, whether I was on a flight or I was, you know, at, at a hotel or something like that. So I always had that ingredient on me and I never really found a way to use the ingredient that was readily available, right? Like you have other brands out there that make some sort of oatmeal products, but they're usually laden with sugar um, or they're a quick oat that's just not that good for you and it's overly refined. So I'd make my own little creations, nothing complicated. It was really simple, you know, like nothing, nothing like what Yumna does. It was usually it was just protein powder and oatmeal. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had been doing that and in my head, I just started spinning the wheels uh, and I, I realized that there weren't other companies out there doing a lot with that one ingredient. And I wanted to start a company that was, was kind of making oatmeal based products. And, you know, I started really small as, as you'd expect. I'd almost gone down the path of starting the business to the point where I just couldn't turn back. It didn't make sense to turn back. And there were points where I was just way in over my head. But we had gotten this company in Canada off the ground. We had called it Oath. And then fast forward like about a year into starting that brand, I had met Yumna, who was just like, hey, like we're starting a company that's called Oath as well. And it's all about oats. We ended up kind of thinking about a way as to how we could come together. And it ended up being uh, a way in which Yumna and, and the team had kind of acquired the assets and some of the goodwill that we had built up in Canada. And we scaled, you know, the brand with, with Yuma's input in terms of, you know, all the ingredients that she was thinking about, all the recipes that she was thinking about, all the new products that she was thinking about. Um, so it was kind of a total 180 from what I was doing. It almost seems like a, a fake story, but it brought us together and we decided to kind of get on this journey together. Wow, definitely sounds like a partnership that was meant to be. Yuma, I want to quickly touch on Feel Good Foodie just for a second. What has that community been like as far as how it's impacted your professional and personal life? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I thought it was interesting when I first started, I just started it as a public way to um, share, share on Instagram what I was learning. And I was doing it on just a personal page. And I found that my personal friends and family weren't that interested in the food that I was sharing, but I was really interested in it. So I ended up starting a second page just to share that. And I just thought it would be fun to be like, oh, here's the, um, you know, quinoa that I made today with this chicken recipe. And just like, look how cool this is. And did you know quinoa is really good for you for this? And what I ended up finding is that um, people wanted recipes. And I was just shocked by that because I thought there's thousands of recipes online. Why are people interested in my recipe? And so one day I was like, oh, I just got these cacao nibs and I put them on top of my oatmeal and people were asking, how did you make your oatmeal? And I thought, I don't you know how to make oatmeal? Like I thought everybody knows how to make oatmeal. And so I decided to put together a website post of like how to make oatmeal. 
people would love that. They're like, oh my gosh, you just broke it down in such a simple way and it makes so much sense. And so what I ended up learning from my community is that they don't always have the answers. And I think sometimes there's lots of answers out there, but they wanted my answer to it or they wanted the answer that I was giving them that was accessible, easy, and just approachable. And so there was just something about the technique and the way that I was sharing how to make oatmeal or just how to cook chicken, just the simplest ideas out there that really resonated with them. And so at first I used to feel like, oh, it's just one of a thousand recipes. And now I feel like, no, I'm offering this personal take on it that really resonates with them because I'm a mom. And because a lot of them are also parents that really understand kind of the struggle of getting healthy, delicious meals on the table. So many years later, after publishing that how to make oatmeal, it's literally the Google answer. When you search how to make oatmeal, <laughs> it shows up because of, you know, how much the community liked it. So that community has now given me a lot of um, confidence in the things that I could do whenever I feel like, oh, I don't know if this is going to do well. I always think, no, the community really appreciates my take on things. And so let's try it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it says a lot about you as a content creator, that there's a trust there with your community. They feel like they kind of know you and can connect with you. So when you put something out, they know it's like high quality and something that, that they'll enjoy. Absolutely. I'd love to learn more about why you decided to team up to create Oath Oats. So when my team and I were developing Oath Oats, our research team came across a Canadian brand that was also making oats products in Canada. And so they also happen to be called Oath and like such a brilliant name. And that's basically, you know, what they were called as well. So we connected with the founder of the brand, who is Anu, and we decided to acquire the assets of the brand, including the name, which was something that we were already planning to name our company as well. What's really cool though, is that we were also looking for somebody who can lead the company and somebody that can help manage day-to-day -day operations. We found that, you know, Anu had so much passion and so much just like such a, he was such a capable leader of being able to scale Oath Oats alongside with what, you know, we were doing. So Anu now is the CEO of Oath Oats or what I like to call, I call him the CEO <laughs> of Oath. So he's the CEO, but it really feels like fate to just be able to connect with Anu on the business side and have somebody with such strong business acumen paired with all the things that we're doing on the recipe side and just both of our passion for oats. And Anu, what was your experience like with that acquisition? For me, it was a no-brainer. I just feel like when the team had approached me to say like, hey, we're working on this concept, it was a much larger concept than I had initially started in Canada. Like we had had three product lines in Canada and now we have 13 SKUs upon launch in the US. So it was at a scale that was not necessarily much larger than I was thinking, but much larger than I think we could have executed at that time in such a short time period. So for me, it was, I was kind of all in because of one, Yumna and the expertise that she has in recipe development and marketing and all that. But also the team that we now have around us is just professionals and experts in really specific areas of food manufacturing and CPG, where you know, I think I had a good grasp on, on, on the industry, but it's definitely helpful to have those experts around me right now that can push us in the right direction. So I was like, this is the, this is the right way to go. Yeah. And just the fact that also Yumna and her team were looking for not just a similar brand, but also a leader. I think that's so cool that you were kind of in the right place at the right time. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's interesting. Um, I'm obviously, you know, Yuna has her own personal business that that she continues to to run, and then Oath that's now on her radar and and that she's super involved in. So there's definitely a need, I think, for someone that could take the charge in a lot of the the day to day activities and scaling. And I fit the bill at at that point really well, which was which was nice. It was it really was fate. Well, let's get into the brand that you've come together to create. What does Oath Oats offer and what sets it apart from other brands in your space? I really think that the power of Oath is in the fact that it's pretty convenient, but without feeling packaged. So I think that it kind of bridges the gap between the recipes that I offer on Feel Good Foodie with these on-the-go breakfast and snack foods that are available. So it's kind of like the, you know, just the middle ground of like, they, they want my recipes, but they also want this and just trying to find this middle ground without it feeling too packaged. So with overnight oats, for example, it's just like taking my overnight oats recipe, but removing steps one through five and getting to the final step where you're just mixing things together. You get this feeling of the fact that it's high quality and it has this homemade feel without having to really think about like, how much of this do I need and what flavors would go good with this? That's truly like the hallmark of feel good foodie recipes over the years, as I was mentioning, you know, very simple, convenient, approachable, and at the same time, including, you know, whole food ingredients that are so good. Just to add on that, I think that like nutrition was a, a big part of it for us too. The oats that I found in market when I was, you know, needing something quick on the go, they weren't truly nutritious. They're almost like masked up nutritious, right? Like pretending to be healthy, but not usually using whole ingredients, using refined sugar or things like that. We focused a lot on nutritional content. So we use sugars like date rather than a refined sugar um, to sweeten a lot of our products, which is lower on the glycemic index. We also started the company with familiar products, like, you know, what you'd expect, like overnight oats and granola and bars. Um, but we're really looking forward to getting innovative with how we use oats and thinking about some of the other derivative products that you can get with that ingredient. Anytime you can combine convenience and nutrition is just huge for consumers because a lot of times it feels like you really have to sacrifice one for the other. So it's great to see that that's been a priority for both of you in this company. Once you came together, what were the first steps that you took to get plans for Oath Oats into motion? Yeah, that's a good question. So I'm going to add another layer of complexity to this business. <laughs> um, the majority of Oath is actually owned by a startup studio called Midas Brands. And Midas Brands' business model is to help bring CPG brands like Oath from zero to one and then obviously help them scale as well. But they, they have a set of shared resources and experts that are involved in multiple CPG brands and really let each brand operate on its own. But some of the operational level resources, some of the financial resources and things like that are contributed by Midas. You know, one of the things that I used to think about in my previous venture was funding and the amount of resources and funding that's going to be required to scale a business. Now, thankfully, I think about it, but I think about it just by asking the Midas team for the funding that we need. You hear all the time that a lot of CEOs focus shifts to fundraising rather than actually growing and scaling the business. So it's really nice to be able to focus purely on the business itself and not have to worry about a lot of those things that, that come with growing and scaling a company. 
it is nice, like he was saying, just to be able to have this pool of like shared expertise to be able to rely on and ask different things. And one of the things that I jumped in more about was the recipes. I'm like, it's very important that um, the recipes really resonate with the type of food that I'm sharing on Feel Good Foodie. And so, you know, I have overnight oat recipes. I've made granola, I've made oat bars and my followers know me for these things. So it was, so that's where I really, you know, stepped in when it came time to like creating this business plan. I'm like, the product itself has to be good. We're fortunate enough to work with um, a really good, you know, recipe developer that can kind of take these homemade, you know, high quality recipes with whole, you know, whole food ingredients and turn them into something that is manufactured and produced, you know, with the elements that keep them shelf stable and keep them tasting as good as, as you just made them at home. That was really fun process for me to just kind of have somebody else be tweaking those, giving my feedback and just seeing um, my recipes kind of come to life in this packaged way. You launched in November of 2022 with three SKUs, great packaging, a beautiful website, and built out social media feeds. Can you tell me about the work that went into preparing your business and generating excitement to launch with a brand that looked and felt tenured? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks. I think there were so many times at which Yumna and I were talking about leading to the brand where we're just like, oh, does this look, you know, too amateurish? Does it look like we don't know what we're doing and things like that? But being perfectionist, it's 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 difficult. And I, I don't think any brand really gets to 100% perfection before they start. But what we wanted to do and make sure was we wanted to develop a personality online for the brand that people could interact with. Today, we're an e-commerce company. We will hopefully eventually be in retail stores and things like that where people can see the product on shelves. But for now, we really want to get people to interact with the brand online and the personality and understand what the personality is. So we knew online presence was going to be really, really important, not just how the website looks, but when people see our product on social media, what does it make them feel? Do they get the understanding that the product is convenient, that it's good for them? You know, aspects like that. Obviously, Yumna played a huge part in being able to tease the brand a little bit and being able to showcase some of those products early on. We wanted people to, to be excited for when we launched, which is why we did that pre-launch phase, because people were, you know, asking, like, where can we buy it uh, for months before the product was even available? So that's kind of what went into those initial stages of social media, which is obviously something that we focused a lot on from an Instagram perspective, from a TikTok perspective, and then eventually online on our website. So that's kind of what went into it to begin with. And I think that even though the brand is a brand is brand new, it's less than a month old at this point. I think that everybody working on it has worked on previous brands before, even, you know, even for me, even though I don't have any kind of, um, I never did a, a package company before, um, having feel good foodie, for example, and knowing what consumers resonate with, what kind of looks really good and appealing. I think all of that goes into it and just having, you know, 10 years of experience in marketing and then 10 years of just doing feel good foodie required just a really high level of making sure that things looked beautiful and ready, ready for show, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely came across that way. And I think just having all that excitement generated beforehand is so smart, especially, you know, leveraging that following that you know, you already have and your community of like loyal followers. What is your production process like for creating tasty shelf stable products with whole ingredients that don't sacrifice quality for convenience? Yumna has a lot of these recipes 
that she's been making for a really long time. So that was, you know, stage one. It's what are the product recipes? What's going to taste good? What are the ingredients that are familiar to you and this audience? That's kind of step one. Step two from that is our R&D team that plays a big role in the process, which is really the gap between Yumna and production is where our R&D team comes in place. And they say, this is a recipe. How do we make this a recipe that can be produced in thousands of pounds at scale that's also shelf stable? They really figure out what ingredients may need to be switched out, what ingredients may need to be changed, where should the ingredients be sourced from to make the best possible outcome from an overall production scale. So we kept the recipes really close to what the original ingredients were from, from Yumna's Kitchen. So that's, that's always great. Where are the products currently produced? The products are manufactured in Washington State. Ingredients are kind of sourced from all over North America. As we grow, I'm sure we'll have other areas in the U.S. and in Canada that we're producing from, that we're getting raw materials from. But that's, that's kind of the state of how it is today. Yumna, what was the recipe development and manufacturing process like for you? I was like, wait, how do we, can we make this more moist? And, and it's like, well, we can, but then we have to add this. It was really interesting for me too, just to learn about that whole side of it, because being in my kitchen, I can go ahead and add a certain ingredient mm -hmm. to make it taste a little bit different or get a different texture. But uh, thinking about it being produced in masses and being packaged it's just a whole nother experience. So I got to learn a lot more too about the whole recipe development and manufacturing process, which is really interesting. We're currently going through that too, like Anu was saying with um, some new product lines and SKUs and just, I'm learning a lot again about that whole process and trying to keep our future products gluten-free, plant-based, and just trying to keep um, all that quality. How did your background in CPG marketing benefit the launch of Oath Oats? When I worked in marketing, for example, we would get these like beautiful marketing plans for like corrugate that would go into stores and being in the field in a, in a store, I was in charge of putting together the corrugate, but the people who put together the plans never actually went into the, like into stores to put those together. And so there was always this like division between, you know, the corporate and the actual, like what's happening in stores. And so I think that the best way to learn is to actually be on in the field, putting it out there for consumers to try it, and then just tweaking and going. And so when we launched on day one, we already were like, oh, this is not 100% perfect. And I think that, you know, from my time in marketing, I realized that it's okay if it's not perfect because the consumers are going to help you tweak that product to make it more perfect and help answer the questions. Because as much research as we do um, to try to figure out, you know, what pain points they have and what products they're looking for. Um, they don't know until they try it. They don't know. And then you don't know as well until you start to get that feedback early on. So um, so that's what I've um, kind of learned. And then just through my time um, with Feel Good Food, I've also learned that like content is king and, and content is really what sells. And so things could look beautiful. They can seem like the perfect price point and the perfect nutrition, um, you know, great packaging, all of that. It fits all the boxes, but until consumers see real life examples of how to use that product and start to see themselves using that product and consuming it, um, it doesn't actually feel like something that they would buy into. And so um, just trying to get them to buy into it by showing lots of different types of content, like overnight oats, for example, mixes aren't just used for overnight oats. If somebody doesn't like overnight oats, doesn't like the texture of them, hey, they can also use them for making smoothies. They can also use them for making 
cakes if they wanted to. There's so many different ways to use the product. And I think really pushing that content through is really important aside from just like the packaging and the pricing and, you know, the promotion and those like, you know, four P's of marketing, for example. It's so great that you already had all that experience going in, plus the knowledge and skills from creating content on Feel Good Foodie. So it really explains why your marketing efforts have been successful. I'm curious, what has been the most exciting part of the startup journey for both of you and what has been the most challenging? Okay, I think for me, what's really exciting is launching a product and seeing that the first like 10 people who bought it are not people they're not my mom and my sister, for example. It's seeing that because when I first launched Feel Good Foodie, the first 10 readers were my mom and my cousin and my sisters. And so launching a brand that's resonating with people who don't even know me probably, or maybe just follow me on social media um, was really just powerful to see my product in the hands of people that are just interested in the product itself and not just doing it to support Yumna as, you know, Feel Good Foodie. So that was really cool. And then now as people are starting to get their packages, just seeing their reactions of like, oh my gosh, this like the strawberry in here that's freeze dried literally tastes like fresh strawberries that have just been picked. Like, I love the flavor and just hearing those kind of um, reactions from people has been amazing. I think some of the challenges are just, you know, starting up and just the whole production line and just trying to get a grasp on things that are outside of what I can control, for example, because everything that I've done for Feel Good Foodie is like, I can control it. I'm the boss of the company and I have touch points for everything. And here it's like, well, the, the manufacturers are like there and I'm here. It's such a bigger operation than just one person. And just trying to feel like I'm still in control of things that I, you know, I'm still learning about. Interesting. Okay. And Anu, what about you? Most exciting and challenging aspect of the job? One of the most exciting things has been the mind share within the company. Yumna is so phenomenal at content creation that when you look at it online, it almost looks easy to do. But when you try and do it yourself, you realize how hard it is because I've tried. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, that's an example of great expertise and things that I've learned from her because, you know, that's second nature to her and she's done it for over a decade. Likewise, we have people on the team that have extensive te tech backgrounds. One of the key stakeholders on the Midas side is a guy named Scott, um, who's been involved in tech companies his own life. So being able to understand from an operational and enterprise resource planning perspective, the tech that goes into developing that to really make this company a machine on the back end. Um, so, you know, all those things that Yumna's talking about, like manufacturing delays and et cetera, et cetera, can either be predicted or avoided altogether. There's tech involved in that. So I think for me, a lot of those learnings have been, have been phenomenal. And I think the combination of all those aspects is really what's gonna make us an amazing company. Uh, challenging. I think a lot of it has to do with the time and the environment in which that we decided to start this company. We set out saying nothing was going to stop us. COVID had provided uh, issues from a supply chain perspective. For some reason, oats specifically, they had a drought last year. So oats are now double the price of what they were in the previous year. There's just so many things to think about that are, let's call it environmental and economic factors that seemed like they were headwinds against us over the past year. Um, obviously, it didn't stop us, but I think a lot of them were really, really challenging. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what Yumna was saying before about trying to 
manage the company despite so many things being outside of your control and just like how do you keep moving forward even when things are yeah. kind of roadblocks in your way yeah exactly Yumna, what has the transition from managing your own business as a content creator to launching a traditional business been like? I think it's been pretty seamless because of, you know, working with Anu, for example, on the day-to-day -day operations and having Midas as the partner in all of this. I'm not just having to, you know, figure this out on my own. When I launched Feel Good Foodie, a lot of it was just like, oh, let me figure out how to do this. And let me look for a resource that can help me learn this. And now I have somebody that's done this before that can help, you know, kind of lead the way. So that's been, I think that's been really helpful to just make the transition pretty seamless. But at the same time, it feels a little bit challenging, as I mentioned, just not being able to touch all the points and being able to control all the things. One of the hard things for me too is when, you know, readers will read a recipe and they're like, you know, this didn't work out for me. I'm able to delete the recipe, rework it and put it out there with oats. For example, if somebody says something like it has too much of this, or I don't like the price point or something, it's so much of it is out of my control. There's so much more that goes into it that I can't make changes that quickly. We've already produced X amount of units, for example. And so just kind of learning with this traditional business, it's not as easy to make change as it is with a digital company and a food media site like Feel Good Foodie. Yeah, I think it's so great to share that transition because so many content creators have an entrepreneurial spirit. So it's great for them to see your journey from blogger to business owner because they know it can be possible for them too. Absolutely. Anu, I know that you're moving to Austin soon and I was wondering... If you could tell me about your decision to headquarter Oath here in Austin and what your team looks like today. Yeah, um, I'm getting excited about the move because it's kind of around the corner now. And we'll definitely get Yumna out there to visit at some point. Our team in Austin right now is four full-time employees, and we're going to continue growing that, I think, pretty quickly. So we started off as a totally remote team with everyone kind of all over the place. And then we were evaluating where should we headquarter, where should we be hiring people and things like that. Austin was a no-brainer because the talent pool is great. There's a lot of young talent that I think will be great for a company. Um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs. Even you've had so many CPG people that are in that industry that are based in Austin. When I was kind of listening to the podcast and listening to, you know, some of the other recent episodes, I was just like, wow, I didn't realize a lot of these other companies are also based in Austin. So, you know, that's, that's going to be really great. Those are the main reasons. Also that the funding and resources that are out in Austin from like an investor pool perspective um, have been great. So I just think the community is really startup friendly when it comes to me personally. I've been in Canada, in Toronto specifically, for over eight years now, and it's really cold here, so I'm excited <laughs> to be in Austin just because of how good the weather is going to be, so that's, that's looking really bright and attractive to me. Nice. Well, it might take some adjusting once summer comes around, but I'm sure it will be a great fit for you and the company. Yumna, you're still running Feel Good Foodie, as we talked about before and also you're a wife and a mom of two. So I was wondering if you could share tips for juggling a business with multiple responsibilities and also maintaining a healthy lifestyle. It's just thinking about it honestly makes me feel tired. <laughs> I'm tired as well. I think, um, I think there's this like uh, mentality of like the hustle culture. And I think um, the way I look at it is that hustling is 
it's good. It's good to like be grinding at a certain time, but it's not healthy to do it all the time. And so there's periods where, you know, in one month before the launch of Oath Oats, for example, where we have to work a little bit harder and it's okay to, you know, not have as much balance with the home life as it is for, you know, for the business. But I think it's important to kind of come back to that and to recognize that it doesn't have to be like that all the time. So what I try to do is um, this concept of like 1% infinity. I'm not sure where I heard that first from, but I just, I love this concept of just trying to get like 1% better every day in, you know, being a mom. Um, and like, you know, being a wife and being a business owner and just all the things like that. And so that feels a little bit more doable than like a huge task list, or I'm going to create this, you know, multi-million dollar company. And it just feels like, okay, I'm just going to get 1% better tomorrow at this task or at this piece of it. And it feels just a lot more doable that way. I also have recognized over the years that I can't do it all. When I first started Feel Good Foodie, I designed the website myself. I was the photographer, the copywriter, the recipe developer doing it all myself. And at this stage now, you know, I have a team of like eight people that are helping me to do all of this. And same thing on the old side as well. I have a team of people that are supporting me and helping me launch this brand. And so recognizing your own strengths and weaknesses and knowing that you can't do it all and relying on people who are frankly, better than you at some of these tasks is really vital in being able to just manage so many responsibilities and keeping your sanity. Mm -hmm. No, that's great advice. I think asking for help can really make all the difference sometimes. What is each of your favorite oath product? I really love the overnight oats, the the maple one. I think that it's, um, it just feels like it's, you know, it's delicious. It has a nice little crunch to it because of the almonds. The almonds are roasted as well. And it feels like it's something that tastes so good by itself. But at the same time, um, it's also something that you can add more to it. Like I love adding bananas on top of it, a little bit of brown sugar, just for a little extra sweetness. And it really, at the end of the day, the reason I love it the most is because it actually tastes like my recipe, but it's like so much more convenient. I'm just like, all right, I just have to add milk. And this is so much easier. Anu, what about you? Almond butter and jelly overnight oats. Um, that's my favorite <laughs> one. It's just so like the there's free dry the the jelly is freeze dried strawberries in the overnight oats, and when you soak it in milk, they almost like melt into the overnight oats, and they you know become like you've like rehydrated the freeze dried strawberries with the milk, so it kind of tastes like more like fresh, and it's just like the perfect mix of, of flavors in there. Nice. Um, I really like that one. And bars, I'll just honorary mention crispy coconut. Um, I'm a huge coconut fan. That bar is phenomenal. So for anyone listening who hasn't tried, maybe those are the top three things to try first if you haven't. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I actually read on your website that part of why you chose the name Oath was because of your commitment to giving back. So can you tell me a little bit more about your company's philanthropy efforts? We support an organization called No Kid Hungry. Um, no Kid Hungry is committed to alleviating child hunger in America. We want to pick an organization that we, we'd have a long-term partnership with um, and that we could grow with. Um, and we didn't want it to be an afterthought. We didn't want to be like, hey, like after we hit this revenue number, we'll then start supporting an organization that, that, that matters to us. From day one, we're supporting No Kid Hungry. That includes a financial commitment, but we're running multiple campaigns with them, which include us shedding light on their mission, helping people understand what their donation means. So if people were to donate directly to Nook and Hungry, where that funding is going, 
on what they can do to help on an individual basis. So using, you know, the brand's platform, Yumna's platform to shed light on some of those things. I expect that we'll continue growing and expanding that partnership. I would love to donate bars specifically and see products going to people that, that need them. So those are some of the things that we're thinking about in the future that we'd love to participate in. It's a good feeling when you create something that not only is good for the consumers, but your reach can go beyond that and really prioritizing, I think speaks a lot to your business and your company values. I'm curious what's next for Oath Oats and if there's any upcoming goals or plans that you can share for the business. If I was to tell you everything, we'd just be here all day. So I'll, I'll pick <laughs> maybe the couple ones that I'm really excited about. We're launching a few new products in the next couple of months new flavors of specific product lines and things like that. And we'll be working on a bunch of other products. I'm really excited about this concept that we're calling the Oath Club, which is a bit of a unique take on your traditional subscription service that we're seeing out there that, that a lot of other uh, food brands offer. Um, so people will be, go, will be able to go in and onto our website, create a customized box of their favorite Oath products pick a regular delivery date or a regular delivery frequency for those products, and then we'll take care of the rest. So it's a set it and forget it sort of situation and, and totally customizable as to what that box includes. We're actually going to offer our Oath Club members first access to new products before we offer them to the public. So those members will get a chance to try products, get feedback on them, uh, and also get things like free samples that a non-Oath Club member wouldn't get. So we're bullish from a business perspective on subscriptions because it adds the extra layer of recurring revenue. But I just also think the convenience aspect of it is great for consumers. I know I'm involved in multiple different food or supplement brand subscriptions myself, and I think it's a no-brainer for us to do. Lastly, we're only available in the U.S. right now, but we get asked, and I think you might get asked all the time as to when our products are going to be available in Canada. So for anyone listening, that's, it's coming um, <laughs> and, and we're going to make that happen. So early 2023, I'd really love to be able to make that happen. Very exciting. I'm excited about also expanding into Canada because I do have a pretty large international following on social media. And so a lot of them, you know, want to see it in Canada and beyond. And I'm also excited about uh, working on more distribution channels because um, right now Oath Oats is only available on um, e-commerce. And so we want to just expand on that and hopefully get the product in retail stores. I think that, you know, my dad seeing it at like a target like that's the moment that he'll think <laughs> you know that's when you make it like when you see it at target that's the mm -hmm. moment that like the product has really you know taken off but um you know we're starting slow and just slowly expanding and looking into you know more distribution avenues and channels and just trying to make sure that it's available wherever consumers would like to find it Mm -hmm. But I'm also really excited about just exploring different uh, product lines as well, as we mentioned before, and um, just trying to see what else we could do because the versatility of oats is so amazing. You could do so much with it. And it's just, I, I alone on my website probably have hundreds of recipes that include oats. And so just thinking about how many different things this company can really grow into is really exciting. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's going to be a busy but exciting 2023 for both of you all. So congratulations on all that success coming your way. I like to close out each episode by asking guests to provide a few words of wisdom. So I wanted to ask you both what your biggest piece of advice for founders and entrepreneurs is. 
I think for me, it would be to start before you're 100% ready. I know that when I started Feel Good Foodie, I was fussing around a lot with the logo and just trying to make sure that the logo was like perfect and, you know, wasting time on things that really didn't matter. Um, and what mattered more was just starting and getting that feedback and growing and learning as you're building, you know, and so basically kind of getting going before you're fully ready and then learning along the way to tweak and improve the product because it's never the perfect time to get started. That's actually a really good one. Uh, mine would be, I think you alluded to this earlier in the conversation, actually identifying your weaknesses and filling the gaps. I think a lot of people or entrepreneurs not necessarily think that they can do everything, but think that they have to do everything. That's not always the case. I think if early on you can identify whether you self-reflect or you, you, you learn it by doing what you're really good at and some of the things that you're not that good at and figuring out how you fill in the, the not that good at gaps, whether it's other people um, or other resources, I think that ends up going a long way so that you can really just give the things that you're good at 100% and have somebody else take over on some of those other aspects. Great advice from both of you. I appreciate you giving me some insight on how Oath Oats came to be, as well as both of your entrepreneurial journeys. Before I let you go, I'd love it if you could please let everyone know where they can keep up with Oath Oats online and on social media. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. This was super fun. Um, you can find us online at OathOats.com and on Instagram and TikTok at Oath Oats. Uh, we can't wait for you all to try Oath Oats and, you know, get it in your kitchen. Thank you to Yumna and Anu for joining me on the podcast and thank you to everyone listening. This will be the last episode of 2022, so I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and I'm looking forward to a new year of exciting episodes. That said, I hope you join me in January for a new episode of Office Chats. Bye! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 